Hello everyone. Welcome to the 5th episode of LV podcast. Today we will explore a sector which has tremendous potential and has also recently seen a surge in investor interest. We'll discuss agritech, startup models in agritech, how they're different for our country as compared to the US and China economies. For this discussion we have invited Mr. Ajay Lakotia from Fosun who has been an active venture capital in Southeast Asia for the last 8 to 9 years. And to interview him we have Varun founder of one of the succeeding agritech startups based out of India called Crowfarm. Without taking much of your time I'll leave it up to you both to start the discussion. Hi everybody this is Varun Khurana um I run a company called Crowfarm in the agritech uh, supply chain space so essentially we are in the business of you know procuring fresh produce when i say fresh produce it's primarily fruits and vegetables so we procure uh, direct from farms and you know our uh, our customer is the neighborhood retailer if you will and you know across this supply chain which today has you know many many intermediaries so what we aim to do is a couple of things so one build a supply chain that is you know quality focused because i think that is one of the big challenges that our country faces today that when we buy fresh produce we really don't know how fresh it is you know how much pesticides it might have when was it harvested and so on so you know, i think one is the quality focus and second is that you know the supply chain sees a lot of wastage today which is more than 50% so our aim is to bring that down to as close to zero as possible so that is you know what crowfarm does and we power this through technology for this discussion you know we'll be speaking with mr ajay lokotia from fosun capital and you know getting his views on you know how he sees the i would say you know the overall investment market and then you know till now specifically into india and agritech so ajay would love to if you could you know give a brief introduction about yourself and the fund and Thank then Thank you Arun. Uh, hi guys this on. is Ajay Ajay Lakotia I've been active uh, venture capital investor in South East Asia for last 8 9 years now uh, was earlier heading uh, heading vertex venture capital investments in India and now working with uh, Fosun Capital which is among the larger uh, Chinese conglomerates actively investing in India agri sector is something which i sincerely believe is the next big uh, thing that is happening uh, not just in india and globally and probably will be will be uh, following the clues that we see in chinese and us market and uh, start investing in the agri tech sector in india from now onwards great so ajay i guess you know would would love to kind of you know get a more broader perspective on you know from you uh, in terms of you know how um, you know you're seeing the investment scenario so you know if you look at you know uh fosun capital overall so you know you folks have obviously been you know in the business for a while you know you have had investments in india also so you know would really great to kind of get you know i would say a more global perspective on you know the areas that you feel are right. you know right for so, disruption where you folks are more active and then you know getting a sense of you know how agritech fits in in this global schema right so varun if we look at the market in india as of today uh, food and food processing sector uh, last year 2016 17 was about 250 billion dollars and by 2020 it is expected to cross uh, more than 550 billion dollar in the market size right so it's growing very rapidly and uh, perhaps uh, the growth is going to be more than 30% in a sector like this uh incidentally the supply chain is extremely fragmented uh 
there are huge, there's a huge scope for uh, building businesses in the agri supply chain. The other aspect is what you mentioned, the wastage is more than 30-40% uh, from farm to fork. The price also varies like 8x, 10x uh, in a lot of food products, especially uh, fresh uh, fruits and vegetables. So when you look at all of these dynamics and then you go down uh, and start observing how the market behaves, it's still a very orthodox system. It's, it's where it was 100 years back. It's where it was 50 years back. Uh, I have not seen technology intervention in agri sector as of now. So ripe for disruption, very large market. As far as agri tech is concerned, I would say it's a derivative of the agriculture or food processing market. So even if I would say 20% of a $550 billion market, it's about $110 billion. Uh, larger than most of the other businesses that all of us together uh, have been trying to disrupt. Uh, and this is a market which does not really react heavily to uh, cycles. It's people don't stop consuming food. So or people don't stop going to restaurants. People don't stop uh, buying food products. So it's, it's something which is not cyclical and it's something which is a very large market yet to be disrupted in India. We have seen uh, things changing in Israel about 10, 15 years back. Uh, Middle East market has become extremely active in uh, agri-agri-tech investments. SoftBank recently made a very large investment in vertical farming sector in US in a company called Plenty. And even in China, we have seen uh, a business very similar to yours, which is called uh, Maikai or Meikai, uh, which recently raised about a $450 million in funding, becoming one of the larger unicorns out there in China doing exactly the same business where they buy directly from the farmers and supply it uh, to the restaurants and also to the retail stores. Right. So, so it's, you know, it's at least good to see that, you know, a lot of these uh, plays are, uh, are happening in, you know, a lot of these different countries. So, uh, you know, Ajay would also like to kind of get, you know, more global perspective. So, you know, so China, we are seeing disruption. Uh, US, I think, you know, we, the disruption that we're seeing is probably a little bit different because I think, you know, the supply chain there is relatively more organized. And I think, you know, the problems that we see in India and China are you know, probably not the same that, you know, one would see in the US. So by and large, I mean, you know, are you seeing patterns where, you know, there are certain kind of problems which, you know, are more prevalent in agri-tech, maybe in the, you know, in the developed world versus the developing world. So, you know, are there any patterns that you see are emerging in various kinds of geographies worldwide? Right. So uh, let's let's put it this way. Varun, as as venture capitalist, I would like to see proven business models either in other countries which people are adopting in India because it reduces my risk of investing in that sector in that company. But uh, and from that perspective, I would say we have seen uh, investments happening in vertical farm farming, uh, aeroponics, hydroponics, all of this, and that would happen in India. Uh, very soon but then you have uh, there are funds like Aspada there are funds like IDG who have gone ahead and actively made investments in agri sector where they have where the companies are trying to address India specific problems and you're right on this you know the supply chain in India is is very different from what you see in US from what you see in some of the other countries including China uh, it's 
not just fragmented, it's very unorganized. Uh, there's the price transparency is not there. Uh, the storage problem is huge. So the warehouse infrastructure, uh, the logistic that you see in US or in China is something which is non-existent in India today. The whole in agri infrastructure sector itself can become a very huge market and someone needs to take a stab at it. The other uh, large business that I believe can be created in India around agri is uh, online agri exchange. Uh, which has to be backed by uh, the logistic players. But uh, that's that's a huge market uh, which can be created because there, there's price arbitrage in different regions. Uh, today, if you open up the Mandi prices, you will see the prices at which banana is being sold in Azad in Mandi in Delhi is very different from what you would see in Calcutta and very different from what you would see in uh, Bangalore. But if you want to play on these price arbitrage or if you want to integrate the supply chain uh, and make the prices and trading a little more transparent, uh, you have to create an online exchange to start doing that. Government fortunately has taken a stab at it, but uh, unfortunately it has not taken off uh, well uh, for its own good reasons. In private sector, can we start doing something like that? Definitely. Right. I actually, you know, completely agree, uh, Ajay, you know, what you're mentioning. So specifically, you know, I myself had, you know, studied like exchanges like NCDX and so on. So it's, it's funny that, uh, you know, while some of these exchanges have worked for commodities like grains where, you know, the quality and the perishability issues are less. But I think by and large, especially for like fresh fruits and stuff, it has been a nightmare because, you know, by the time you trade and when the commodity actually arrives, you know, this that you know the quality on that and you know what it actually is is so different that you know it's hard to say that you know what price it should it should be trading at you know because you know it degrades by the hour so i think you know that is some of the challenges that you know at least these exchanges have seen uh, um in india so but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see how some of these things will play out. Other than that, Sajay, you know, would also like to get your opinion on, you know, how do you see the agri input space shape up? There's also, a, I would say, a chunk of startups that are focusing on, let's say, agri, you know, the, the Uber of agri equipments, if you will, where you kind of timeshare the various the tractors and harvesters and the various equipments that you need or different, you know, farmers need. And, you know, given that farm holdings are small, so, you know, farmer may not be able to afford that equipment. But if you time slice it and, you know, rent it, then it probably makes sense. So, you know, how do you how do you see the potential of, you know, some of these areas like the agri imports, like, you know, the aggregation for equipment and so on? Very interesting question. So, Varun, if you look at... Uh See, India market, apart from exchange, right, grading is a large market that can be addressed or uh, startups can start looking at it. Uh, if you go deeper uh, in the market, looking at uh, how we have seen these disruptions happening in some of the other places, uh, from from typically India market perspective, right, uh, if pricing, grading, storage, uh, and one, one more very key sector, which uh, I, I, it's worth mentioning is, is fintech intervening into the agri market. Agri today is, uh, say, it's, it's not just underserved, but undersupplied. There's, the, as far as the lending business is concerned, it's not even touched uh, the agri sector as of now. 
second thing is when you go back to looking at the productivity cycles in India, it's one third, one fifth, even on uh, as far as the greens are concerned, it's about one third, one fifth of the productivity cycles, which you see in West, especially in US. Can we increase the yield uh, per hectare for grains, for fruits, for vegetables? Uh, can we increase their shelf life with the intervention of technology? Uh, definitely, yes, we can do that. The products are already available in the market. The uh, So, say, IoT and automation uh, of farm, IoT and automation of warehouses, IoT and automation intervening into the logistics sector, especially serving uh, the agri market, that market is huge. And... Uh, uh, I've personally look, looked at some of the companies in Israel which have transformed the way uh, food grains are grown, which have transformed the way uh, fruits, fresh uh, vegetables, fruits are grown uh, out there, stored. And uh, interestingly, with the help of technology intervention, they are able to do price control and price prediction for each of the product. Uh, it's, it's unique uh, because those markets are relatively smaller where they have been able to do it. But can we create micro markets in India and start doing that? Uh, definitely, yes. I'm, I'm eagerly waiting to see startups uh, get into uh, this sector, start working uh, in the space. The difficult part is you can't sit in a city like Bangalore, Hyderabad, uh, Delhi and start doing it. You have to go down on the ground level, in the fields, understand how the farmers think, how they work. And, you know, adoption and education of farmer is is one of the critical uh, things, or rather it's one of the key roadblocks that I've seen some of these uh, agri-tech companies face in India. Uh, that's one thing that they have to overcome. But once it's done, uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be big. In my mind, I... I sincerely believe agri, agri-tech business is much, much larger than most of the e-commerce businesses that we have invested or seen in India as of now. It can be much bigger than that, but uh, you will require capital. You will require to be a little more aggressive in, on that front to start building out the business. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, it's it's kind of funny that, you know, when you, <clears throat> you know, you get deeper into the in the agri space as a, as a whole, you realize that, you know, there's so much to do, you know, like you mentioned, there is, you know, there is storage, there is shelf life, how to grow, educating the farmers, you know, market linkage, equipment. It's like, you know, there is no dearth of, you know, stuff that, uh, that needs to be done in order to kind of, you know, get the space, uh, you know, to become more efficient and you know, serve better quality to the consumer and so on. So, yeah, you know, I think that that's a very, very valid point. The one challenge, you know, obviously, which I have seen a lot in this space is, you know, just the pricing problem. And, you know, by and large, it kind of also goes down to, you know, the herd mentality, if you will. So, you know, in India, we often see pricing cycles, right? So, you know, I'll give you the example for Delhi. So, like, uh, you know, the last year, there was like, uh, potato production went you know huge so the result was that you know obviously there weren't there wasn't enough cold storage capacity and you know a lot of potato ended up going waste also and the prices of potato were pretty much flat throughout the year now you know the side effect of that is that you know so much farmers incurred so much losses that you know basically this year you know there's so 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 less of potato that you know the prices are already you know more than more than two times of what they were 
you know even in the peak for last year so you know obviously there is this whole pricing problem and when you speak with a farmer you know his view is that look you know you can help me with all of these things which is great but you know how would you guarantee that you know if i do all of these things i'll make more money i think you know that's also a a, a big a big question which is kind of a, a motivator for a farmer because eventually he's he's a businessman for all practical purposes and you know needs to be making money so you know what is your your thought on some of these these challenges that you know although you can help farmers increase productivity and you know i i know what you're saying varun and i've dabbled on this for last couple of years uh gone on the ground spoken to farmers uh, look for farmers their biggest challenge is cash flow even if you want them to switch from their current farming practice or say if someone is doing staple grains and if you suggest them to do uh, horticulture and tell him that you know your uh, yield or your revenue is going to increase multifold for that that plot of land his issue is that if he invests in horticulture there's a two years blockage of cash flow or three years before he can start seeing uh, the money coming in he doesn't want to switch uh, as far as farmers are concerned you have to lead by example so ideal way of of taking a stab at this is uh, contract farming you take up a place uh, you decide what to do how to do what to grow how to grow uh, supply chain integration or uh, sales integration is important so say if you are working with someone like big basket uh, or some other retail chain then you got to have your pricing sorted out saying that this is the minimum price at which i'll be able to sell these products and then you go back start working and when it's a year round uh, buying contract then you go back and start working on the farm saying you know this is how what i'll grow and in say xx xyz months this is what my production is going to be once you have locked all of this then your focus would be how do i reduce the cost how do i increase uh, the yield how do i improve the quality uh, that's that's perhaps the right way of approaching this and uh, once you put the storage systems in place the cold storage is out there uh, accompanied by the right logistic it will solve uh, the problem and you have to start uh, taking uh, reaching out the solution from the from the end first so you first talk to the buyer and then go back to the farmer it's a backward integration that you have to do uh, no other way and uh, you, you have to lead by example so you have to do your own contract farming where you put all these technology solutions in place then when you bring the farmers to show how you have changed uh, the lives of people who are working with you on that farm or how the yield have changed how the uh, realization value per hectare has increased drastically that's when they will switch uh, their ways of doing things yeah that that makes sense so this is it's a way uh, i say you make a very valid point with respect to how some of these challenges can be solved so it's uh, that's great to hear so you know i guess um, you know a few other things which are worth talking about so is you know from looking at you know yourself you know from wearing an investor's hat so typically you know obviously the space is huge there are lots of problems to be solved so you know in in this whole space you know how do you one you know do you distinguish between agri and agri tech you know as as you know as different uh, spaces if you will and the second thing is that you know uh, 
the invest there's a lot of i would say challenges with respect to like you said you know changing people's mindset <laughs> and so on and you know some of this right. you know, so, may need more time you know it might not be as as quick so then you know wearing an investor's hat you know it would be good to touch upon that you know you know what kind of capital you know is there enough patient capital you know do we have that kind of you know waiting power so would love to get your you know opinion on these aspects yeah right. right so were there two different audience uh, here and when we say agri and agritech there are again two different markets that we are looking at agritech is a derivative of of agri sector itself agri is something where your returns on investment is not going to go 5x 6x 10x over a couple of years as uh, venture capitalists would expect right so that's that's a sector where you will see private equity players coming in that's a sector where you will see uh, larger corporates investing in that's a sector where your yield would be like say 18 to 25% uh, returns per year and that sector is is different for agri the the audience the investor set is very different because uh, these guys would want security plus a return on their investment annually where it's it's much higher than uh, risk free rate so if the risk free rate is 6 to 8% and if your returns are 18 to 25% that's a sector which uh, uh, which is more investable by banks uh, by other financial institutions and as far as the technology business is concerned that's something which is more investable by uh, venture capitalists because the valuations would grow multifold uh, as the business starts growing uh, as the technology starts gaining traction and that's where someone like me would see uh, 5 to 10x return in the next couple of years uh, nascent market uh, under penetrated uh, large uh, very huge scale to play with uh, that's where we would invest and uh, if if you have, if i need to get a little more specific on the kind of technology investments we would probably start looking at these uh, would be cloud based uh, systems where you are able to predict uh, not just the weather but also the patterns in which uh, the crops are being grown if you are able to do price predictability one thing which i would love to invest in is uh, if there's a exchange which is being built out uh, for food uh, both grain food grains and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables um, apart from that there are companies uh, well funded in uh, us and israel uh, also in china where these people have built sensors uh, that go in soil where they have built sensors which go in uh, go with the plants Uh, this is more for preventive care and predictability in the environment out there increasing the yield uh, of the crop but that's another business which is uh, quite investable and uh, would definitely uh, give a vc a relatively high return and from uh, agri market agri field agri product uh, sector warehouses uh, is is a very very large opportunity Uh, i'm sure there would be private equity guys who are already looking at it uh, earlier we have seen some of the guys invest in it so say star agri uh, funded by temasek is already uh, in that market sohanlal uh, again uh, vcnp funded business one of the largest uh, uh, warehouse companies in india uh, working with the agri sector uh, that's out there 
and they still probably are not more than 5% of the total market. So there's another 95% unorganized market, which is out there, warehouse and logistics, especially dedicated to agri. That's a huge market, underplayed, underpenetrated. One good aspect here is that government is extremely proactive in helping startups or companies which are getting into the sector. Uh, that's that's where you will actually see a lot of government help, not just funding, but uh, also support uh, coming in to help the startups, uh, especially in this uh, agri and agri-tech sector. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, <clears throat> that is also a very, very positive sign because, you know, overall, I think with the Modi government's mandate of, you know, doubling farmers' income and, <clears throat> and you know, obviously the the focus around, you know, agri in general. So, you know, that is definitely a, a plus for the sector in the sense that, you know, we hope to see a lot of uh, things which which should come out. Any, any uh, you know, quick thoughts, Ajay, on, you know, some of the models that you've seen, you know, successful in other parts of the world, which you think are very, very applicable to, you know, India as such in the agri-agri-tech space? So, Varun, what you are doing... Uh Again, uh, repeating myself, but uh, Mike Hay in uh, China doing exactly the same business, uh, buying directly from the farms. They have their own uh, logistic system. So the storage and uh, the delivery happens directly from their end, but not using third parties. And then they have year-round contracts uh, in Horeca sector uh, to whom they are supplying. But a very, very, very large market to take a stab on. Uh, in US, apart from contract farming, uh, the other market that has really started growing, uh, not just in US, but also in Middle East, is vertical farming, that is uh, warehouse farming. Uh, apart from that, uh, some of the tech companies we have looked at, but in India, I think what is really going to take off first is, is the logistics, uh, the warehousing, and then you will start seeing uh, stronger technology penetration. Uh, in, in India, especially from the hardware technology perspective. Another thing that would really happen is uh, the supply chain integration. Probably some of the uh, companies will go vertically deep in, in a f uh, say either in fruits and vegetables, that is fresh fruits and vegetables, because the management is very different from food grains. Uh, another thing which would probably come faster in a sector like agri or agri-tech is uh, fintech companies uh, getting into lending of uh, lending with farmers lending them equipments lending them seeds lending them all kind of products that is needed and buying back at a fixed price uh, when the yield comes in got it got it that is uh, that is awesome you know so <clears throat> it's kind mm -hmm. of funny when i uh, you know started crow farm this is I would say a little less than two years back. So, you know, I was kind of in this discussion with uh, Karthik from Aspada. And, you know, at the time, Agri was, you know, not, I would say, not as much in focus or talked about. And, uh, and you know, so it was, it was a good discussion that we had. And, and uh, you know, so in, the, in that discussion, one of the things that, you know, kind of came about was that, you know, you know, I, you know we were both kind of very positive in the sense that, you know, Agri is going to now become you know, and, you know, probably uh, an area of focus and, you know, is going to be become increasingly a uh, focus area, you know, not only from, you know, from a government's perspective, but even from a, a global investor standpoint. And, you know, I think over time, as, you know, time has moved on, you know, I think uh, we are increasingly headed in that direction. And, you know, we are kind of, 
seeing you know focus you know globally from investors like yourself and i think that's a very very positive sign especially for a country like ours which is you know so agri dependent so uh, so yeah i guess you know uh, uh, you know it was a lovely conversation ajay you know i enjoyed every bit of it and you know great to get your perspective and i think you know hopefully this conversation will uh, will have an impact on other you know would be entrepreneurs and would would focus on this area which i think uh, you know our country also needs so uh, enjoyed every bit of this conversation ajay and uh, if there's any last closing notes you'd like to share that will be awesome thank you so much varun uh, pleasure was all mine and uh, i wish you all the best with your venture uh, you are doing well i think it's 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 a noble cause that you are serving apart from making a profitable business so wish you all the best let's keep in touch and uh, I, through this podcast i would like to reach out to all the uh, startups trying to work in agri or agri tech sector um, if you have questions if you need guidance feel free to reach out to me this is a sector which uh, i'm very passionate about and i really feel it's it's going to be the next big thing in india thanks for thank you great thank you thank you thank you ajay for your time really appreciate it